Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Manuka Sunday podcast. I hope you're doing well wherever you're listening. I'm your host, Mel, and I am honestly so tired. <laughs> Today's just been one of those days with that time of the month coming in hot. Like, I mean, like tears, cravings, ice cream, just went for a walk, pimples came in hot. Can't complain though, literally can't complain. I just got back from an incredible vacation with my mom. We did a road trip through Florida to see friends, new places, laid on the beach, drank, ate good food, saw the Versace's mansion. It was incredible. I was, I just, we both kept saying we were spoiled the entire time. So it was beautiful. So I can't complain. I just had to have my little moment in there, but okay, today, I am so excited and very happy to be introducing registered dietitian, nutritionist, and founder of the Well Society, Sanam Tahan. Sam built up her education through the Bachelor of Science in Nutrition and Dietetics from California State University, Long Beach, and then went on to complete a Master's of Science in Nutrition for Wellness at Baystreet University. She works with her clients through understanding their body types, lifestyle changes, hormone health, gut health, and thyroid health, all in which we cover in this episode. We also talk through how Sam found out she has or had thyroid cancer and healed all while she was studying her practices. When I first met Sam through Instagram, I was immediately intrigued by not only like pure aesthetics, like go follow her now, pure aesthetics, but the confidence she showed while speaking about bioindividuality. As somebody that has gone through trial and error, trial and error after trial and error while testing out other people's quote unquote ways of living, this sounded like a complete breath of fresh air and I was very, very intrigued. Sam was such a pleasure to have on and truly opened me up to my vulnerable side. (laughs) We do speak on the impact of social media body types and body dysmorphia in this episode. This is something that I haven't opened up too much about until now, but body dysmorphia has been something, along with other food-related issues that I've lived with in the past, um, we just go into kind of the more emotional side that comes with body dysmorphia some triggers that happened honestly in like the science behind it and yeah just this episode will be dear to my heart just because Sanam is very she's incredible so we started talking about that and it's honestly the first time that I felt comfortable to talk about it with anyone and I'm sharing it with all of you so yeah um I do want to put a quick caution on this just for anyone that may be a little bit more sensitive to these topics if you are and this episode isn't for you at this moment in time i love you and i understand where you're coming from and and we will be right back next week with a whole new episode so we will see you then okay quick deep breath (laughs) all right let's jump into this episode if you're tuning in and took take anything away from this episode make sure to share the pod on instagram tag and follow sam i've linked her page in the show notes tag me at manuka sunday share it with a friend honestly anything helps the show grow and i honestly just love talking to everybody about it (laughs) in in the dms Okay, so with that, I hope you enjoyed this episode on owning your body with the lovely Sam Tahan.
you want to start it off with just kind of running through everything well society and what you've been up to lately? Yeah, definitely. It's always so fun when people ask me that because I never know where to begin. But um, I'll start with saying that I am a registered dietitian nutritionist. Um, I have a master's in nutrition for wellness and the school that that's from is natural medicine. So very, that's more on the holistic side. I also have a bachelor's in um, nutrition and dietetics. And I would say that was more of like a Western conventional education. So I definitely use and know both the same. So my practice, I would say is both a mix of Eastern and Western medicine. Um, the Well Society was born, it kind of started, it was started like two years ago, but I really turned it into my own practice, business, all of that within the last couple of months, probably like within the last six months. So that's super exciting. Right now, what I do is see clients like on privately, that's like my main business right now. And then obviously, content creating, making sure like wellness is accessible to um, more than just like a few people. So that's the bulk of everything. Cool. Just a few minutes ago, you mentioned that you graduated. What has life been like since going through? Because I feel like we, when I was following you at the beginning, you were going through like residency and crazy busy and all that. So how has life kind of shifted from that? Yeah. So within the last, there was multiple graduations happening within the time that like me and you have been talking. So first it was my master's that I graduated and I kind of did it flipped than other RDs do, but I did my master's first and then I went through my internship and all of that within the, it was, I just graduated this last June. Um, So that was a year of internships going to different like rotations, things like that. And then once you finish that, then it's not over yet. You have to study for like a couple months and then you take an exam, which is so insanely stressful because your score pops up on your screen as soon as you press finish. So like everything is waiting no on that moment. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, so then you pass that and then you finally become a registered dietitian. And since then, honestly, that was just a milestone for me to say, you know, like I went through all of this. I I'm official in what I do and I feel like very validated by it. So um, that's been exciting since. And right after that is when I decided to really start my business. Okay, cool. And can you walk us through what you work with your clients? Yeah, definitely. So I would say 99.9% of it. And it's so funny because people are always like, Oh my God, that's related to nutrition is hormones. So, um, everyone, I mean, I could talk about this forever, but so many women our age have hormone issues long time ago, they were prescribed the pill, they've been on the pill for like 10 plus years. And now everyone's like, wait a second, I don't think this is good for me. (laughs) So now, and we have much more information now to know that you can, I don't like using the word heal, because some things are not like curable, but you can improve your life greatly through food and nutrition and not have any of the symptoms of whatever it is that like your ailment is, you don't have to like deal with the symptoms. So that's probably 99% of what I do. And then along with that is gut stuff. So hormone and gut, they're always related. That's like, that's probably I would say what I and obviously thyroid issues, because I'm very well versed in that. But um, those those three things are the things that I do the most. Can we go super far back, I guess, and let's jump into why you got into this whole world? Because I I feel like it's one thing to be 
just interested in wellness and everything, but to take the step to one, go get your master's. And Mm -hmm. like you've obviously put a whole lot of your life into this. So way back in the day, it was so funny. What sparked it is that I loved baking, like loved. I would bake all the time, cook all the time. I don't know what happened because I barely do it anymore now, but loved baking. And then I love science. Like I was obsessed with biology, all of that kind of stuff. And I was like, what can I do to put these two together? And I was like, nutrition. So I just went for like my love of food and science at the same time. I started with that. And then once I got into it, um, kind of halfway through, actually, I was like, wait a second, I want to be a doctor. Like I I want to help people even more. So I have to go become a doctor. So then I worked in the emergency room for a couple of years. And I was like, this is not for me. I mm-hmm. like love medicine. Obviously, it's so important in our lives. But I was like, I don't want to just prescribe people something and say, okay, see you later. Thank you. So I really wanted to help people with food fix the problem. So then that's when I was like, okay, I got to go back and get my master's. Because at that time, I was still getting my bachelor's in nutrition. But then I was like, nope, I got to go get my master's in nutrition. I need to become a dietitian. I need to know everything there is to know about how food affects our bodies. So working there... Obviously, you learn so many things about medicine, too, which I'm grateful for. Um, But that's really what sparked me to pursue my master's. And then while I had my master's or while I was getting my master's, also during this time, I had so many stomach issues, all of that. And that's when I really went to Eastern medicine. So it's kind of mixed in there, found my Eastern medicine path, then did my master's in natural medicine. Um... And during that time, I got sick myself. So I got thyroid cancer during my master's. And that's what really was like, okay, thyroid health all the way. Let's figure this out. Because I had thyroid issues like hypothyroidism before that. And not to scare anyone and say like that's ever going to lead to thyroid cancer. It was like two totally separate situations. Um, But after that happened, I was like, okay, now I have to like, now I definitely am going to like, become a dietitian. I'm definitely going to like go more into thyroid health, get different. I'm still like getting more certificates. I'm always like trying to do something. So Mm. that was like a very long version of how all of this happened. Was there a a specific point where you realized you're like, I need to start taking my thyroid seriously. And then that led to you finding out? It was uh, the most incidental, accidental finding that occurred. I had neck pain again, not to scare anyone and say your neck has anything to do. Like it literally (laughs) is unrelated to unrelated things. So I had really bad neck pain. I went to a chiropractor and for whatever reason, this chiropractor was like, which chiropractors never do. He was like, before I do anything, can we get an MRI just to make sure your discs aren't messed up? Yeah. And I was like, sure. And I left and I was like, I'm never going to do this MRI ever. But for whatever reason, I was like, I've had this neck pain for a while. Let me do it. And then I did it. And they found incidental finding on the MRI for my neck was that I had a nodule on my thyroid. That's the only way I would have figured it out. No way. Yeah. Oh, shit. That's a, yeah. that's a, <laughs> that's a big I was, like, moment. I sitting in class at school and I got the thing. I opened the email during class, which I probably shouldn't have done. I opened <laughs> it and I saw it and I was like, what is happening? Like, What does this even mean? And That's thankfully, like, my uncle's a doctor. I texted him right away and I was like, what is going on? 
Okay. So what are the, what are the next steps that you went through? So next steps were went to my endocrinologist and she's a lovely human being and um, went to her. She did a, an ultrasound and she was like, yeah, you have something there. It's pretty common. So many people have multiple nodules on their thyroid that they never know about. Super harmless. You just leave them there if nothing happens. Mm. Um, so she, I only had one though, which is kind of, um, if you have multiple, it's more okay than if you just have one. So she was like, come back in three months. We'll monitor. We'll see if it got bigger. If not, we'll leave it. So that was May go back in August. In August I go, there's little white dots on it now. So it's a little calcified. And she like looked at me and she was like, you know, for peace of mind, let's just get a biopsy just to make sure. And right then, like leaving her office, I just knew something was up and especially two days later getting a biopsy so they stick a huge needle in your neck and like take a piece of it out yeah it was not fun um so they did that and while I was leaving the biopsy I like asked the lady I was like well what do you think like can you see anything she's like you're probably gonna have to have surgery and I was like okay cool oh yeah so then a couple days later the doctor called me he's like yeah you have a little cancer in there and I was like okay thanks man (laughs) Damn. So yeah, it was was a it was a lot of like crazy. But I was honestly, I don't know for whatever reason, I I wasn't. There was nothing really scary about it until after my surgery. Mm. So after my surgery, I had a major major complication where the calcium in my body, like so, your parathyroids are behind your thyroid. That's what regulates the calcium in your body. Um, or your parathyroid hormone regulates the calcium in your body. And um, mine wasn't working. Mm -hmm. They were in shock and it wasn't working. And my calcium went super, super low. And when that happens, like you get seizures, your heart gets messed up. So I went, came home from surgery, went straight back to the emergency room and I was there for 10 days. So that was super, super rough. And I think up until that point, like I said, I was fine. And then it was just like, two months of craziness. Ugh. so like healing from that, obviously you're doing really well now. I've seen yeah. posts that are like yes. one, one year post yeah, cancer yeah, yeah. and <laughs> celebratory. So that's amazing. But as for healing, did you make yourself a protocol? Did you work with anybody? I did everything myself because unfortunately, and not to bash on my peers or anything at all, And this was like, I want to say maybe an older generation, but like when you go to the hospital and you say like, okay, well, mine was, I really had to like eat foods for calcium for my parathyroids to help Mm -hmm. all of that. And they just like kind of gave me a list of like high calcium foods. And they're like, here you go, like be on your way. And I was like, what? Like, what do you mean? How am I, what am I supposed to do? Like, can you help me? So I really just did everything myself. I, um, ate foods to like heal just the rest of my body afterwards because I had to go through like radiation too and that was awful you lose your taste so it was just like not fun at all um it was really just like getting the health of my body back and then also being mindful of like it's very specific to me but like having things with calcium and then making sure my vitamin d was okay making sure my like the rest of the minerals and vitamins were okay but yeah I really did all of it myself so what what would it look like as for a I mean I don't want to say like a specific diet plan or anything like that because everybody is completely mm-hmm. different mm-hmm. but was it 
the food you were eating, the stress that you were intaking, like it was it full lifestyle changes? Um, thankfully I was pretty healthy before. So like I obviously, as you know, eat from my body type always. So I, my body was working fine before that. So like coming out of it, like I think it kicked back a little bit faster too, but something that really did happen was, and I don't really talk about this much actually, but when I am stressed and anxious, I really lose my appetite. So I had lost a lot of weight actually. Um, because my stress just does not allow me to eat food. So that's something that I, ever since I was little, as soon as I get stressed, my appetite completely goes away. And then I end up losing a lot of weight, which is very unhealthy. Um, so it was also too having to deal with that and getting the weight back too. So I had to also eat healthy, be mindful because I don't, you don't want to gain weight just from like things that are bad for you. But also I had to gain the weight back from like, like increasing my calories, making sure all of that stuff. And I don't think I've ever talked about that actually, but that's something that really I had to deal with too. It's so interesting when you think about that, because like just the different ways that stress impacts people, because mm-hmm. I'm the complete opposite. Like yeah. I, I, I am someone that stress eats and I know that it's an issue because I've had, I've had like issues with um, food in general in the mm-hmm. past. So when I see that and I feel that I'm like, Okay, I need yeah. to I need to simmer down. I need to stop what I'm doing. I need to relax. But what do you think that is when it just like it kicks in and your emotions almost take over and you're resorted to this trigger point? Yeah, I don't know. Exactly. I mean, yeah. you said it perfectly. That's exactly what it is is your emotions taking over and like obviously there's hormones that go along with that. Like your cortisol can do so many different crazy things to your body. And for some people, it turns into increased hunger, like your stomach acid goes full throttle to where for some people that empty feeling is like, I need to put food in my stomach right now. Or like mentally, it's not even, it doesn't even have to be that mentally, you need to occupy your brain with doing something. So maybe you don't have to think about something else. Um, And then on the flip side, there's, I am so stressed that if I even think about putting food in my mouth, like I will throw up. That's what happens to me. Wow. Yeah. That's so so crazy. It is super crazy, but it's definitely, I would say, a mix of like what the the cortisol that affects your body and then also mentally, just personality-wise, how you deal with things. Like, do you want to keep yourself busy not to think about something or are you going to fixate on it until it goes away type of thing? Mm -hmm. So when you're in that state of like being so stressed that that you don't want to eat, but you know you should be, and it's like going to make you feel better. What do you do? So I found that I found a couple comfort foods that really are the only ones that I'm able to eat. One of them is waffles and there have to be ego waffles, like the worst thing that exists. But I'm like, if this is what I want to eat, then that's what I'm going to eat. So I always get the ego waffles when I'm that. And this is like, and an it's not regular stress. It's like an insane amount of like, I have so much anxiety that I can't do anything. Um, so I do that and then rice, white rice. And that is just like white rice and I'm Persian. So we put a little saffron on it. And that is like my thing. If I don't, that I make sure that I can at least eat that. And then obviously same thing going on walks. Um, I don't know for me too, it's like praying, making sure like that's okay, all that kind of stuff. So that's really the only thing that like can bring you, you just got to like bring yourself back down to earth and be like, okay, what's the worst thing that's going to happen with this anxiety? Like, 
am I going to die? Probably not. So Mm -hmm. it's like cool the jets. (laughs) Yeah. That's actually something that I've come to a lot in the, in like lately, I've just found myself being like, okay, this isn't going to be life impacting. I'm, mm-hmm. I, I'm okay. I can get th- through this, but I love the ego, yeah, <laughs> the ego <I> example. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I want to really quickly go back to the thyroid situation. Yes. I'm actually somebody that's like on the cusp of hypothyroid, okay. hypothyroidism. I can never say it. Um, I worked with a naturopath and she gave me like a full rundown mm-hmm. of basically like a thyroid balancing diet. Uh And of course I'm not the best at following everything, (laughs) but like, would you suggest somebody like if they're, if they're feeling the symptoms of hypothyroidism, like what to do from there? Yeah. So I had to do the same thing because I did have antibodies. I for sure had like, they told me I had Hashimoto's, all of that. Um, And then it kind of switched afterwards, but I did go through that and it's, I'm assuming the protocol that she also gave to you is like no gluten, no dairy, no caffeine, avoid highly processed foods. That's like the standard what they tell everyone is like no gluten for sure. No gluten, no dairy. They really do say no caffeine, but um, some people do, some people don't. Um, Highly processed foods, things like that, like do, it's just like be healthy is pretty much what they want to tell you. Um, me personally, I did not cut out caffeine and I did not cut out gluten. And that's because I did not have a problem with it ever. Like if you eat bread and wheat and things like that, and you do not feel well, then yes, you should cut it out 100%. But if you eat things and you feel totally fine and maybe even better afterwards, then that doesn't, and that's where body type and all that stuff comes in. And I take that into consideration along with like, obviously the science that's out there about, yes, don't eat highly processed food. Like you probably shouldn't do that. But then also within the realm of healthy food, like you need to be eating what's best for you specifically. And that doesn't always align with the protocols that people give. So we kind of take everything into consideration, but I would say if you can minimize your caffeine to one cup a day, that's okay. You don't need to completely cut it out. Um, avoiding sugar, obviously, yes, if you can, added sugar, mm-hmm. um, and then highly processed foods. Those are the only three things. Besides that, cutting out specific food, that's not like on a person-to-person basis, I would say. Yeah. What I liked about my protocol that I was working with was that I did a food sensitivity test beforehand. Mm-hmm. So the usual thyroid balancing diet type of thing. There was a lot of things on that list of like ingredients that I wasn't even able to eat. So it was almost like I had to take that extra step to really find out exactly what you're talking about, like what is suited for me. Mm -hmm. And it just blew my mind because a healthy plate for somebody else is absolutely different from like what I can eat. Yeah. And like going back to like past situations, just like looking at Instagram pictures and stuff like that and seeing, I used to follow some very, I I don't want to say toxic people because they definitely weren't (laughs) trying to be toxic, but I was in a space of my life where I'm like, I'm taking everything in that they're saying and I'm using it and it's hurting me. Like I would want to 
almost mimic exactly what they were doing because it was working for them so well. Mm -hmm. But little did I know I was putting so many things in my body that was just making me so inflamed and I was getting all the bad things that you don't want to happen. So I feel like that's a good turning point into your body type, your body type ebook. Do you want to give like listeners a really quick explanation of that? Because I'm not going to do it justice. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm trying to think how to give a quick explanation, but so body types are um, an Eastern medicine practice. They're really prominent throughout all types of Eastern medicine. So like traditional Chinese medicine talks about constitutions. Ayurvedic medicine talks about like there's three. I always forget the names. I think it's like Vata, Pitta, and Kapha. Um, that's technically a body type, a body constitution. So you'll hear it as either body type or body constitution in like things that you read. Um, This one is a Korean medicine practice and it's called eight constitution medicine. Um, That's where, so this one I found to work the best and the food recommendations I have seen in myself and other people work so well. And that's why I choose this one because trial and error. Everything with Eastern medicine is trial and error because there's no blood test or anything that you can do as of yet to do that. So, um, sorry, that was a, that was a weird side explanation, but body types is, so how it works is each person has a set of organs and they're always paired in every, every Eastern medicine, the two organs are always paired together. Um, so those ones work the strongest in your body. And then you also have two that work the weakest. There's no really other term for it, but, um, you eat for the weak organs in your body so that everything balances out. And that's kind of what the body types are all about. Cool. And then do you want to do like a brief explanation of what the different body types are? Yes. So the first one boss, which is, and I just made names for them because it's more fun that way. Yeah. Um, but that one is your liver and your gallbladder that are your strongest organs. And that's the one that you, I, we will, for now, we're going to say that you're that one. What we yeah. can do is you, you'll test it out and then you can let me know later that you're actually that one. Okay. Um, but the boss liver, gallbladder, which means that our lungs and large intestine are our weakest organs. And that's why people with the, I mean, Everyone our age has gut issues right now. <laughs> but, um, you get large intestine things like sometimes, like anything that has to do with your large intestine, not really lungs. We can't really tell the difference. It could be skin issues sometimes. Like um, people get like eczema, psoriasis, maybe like acne, things like that. But um, for large intestine, it's like TMI, too much, sometimes diarrhea, sometimes constipation. It can fluctuate between the two. Um, for the next one is the nurturer. And for this one is the name goes along with it. They're very like caring. I'll talk a little bit about the boss too, I guess. That's um, the personality traits for this person is like a type, a type personality is boss. Number, like for sure. There's, well, we'll get to number three, but number two <laughs> is nurturer. Um, this one is like a very caring, like, like, friendly, wants to make sure everyone is always okay type of personality. And for this one, their stomach and their pancreas are strongest. So they should avoid like acidic foods, spicy food, everything that's yang and warming like chicken, apples, brown rice, that kind of stuff is not great for that person. Um, They want to eat for their kidney and their bladder. So like cranberry is great for them because it promotes kidney and bladder health. Um, Number three is the idealist. And this one 
is the flip of ours. So it's lung, lung and large intestine that are the strongest and liver and gallbladder that are weakest. So all of them are flip versions of each other. This one can have a lot of personality traits, the same as number one. So the two that are connected always personality-wise are the same in each one. Um, this one is like very like writes everything down in their planner type of person, like loves following rules, loves like having everything planned out, like very like rules by the book type of personality. Um, and this one is the hardest body type diet. I would say I always get so sad when someone is this one because I have to tell them like pretty much the only protein that's great for them is fish um, mm-hmm. and gluten isn't great for them either. Um, so that one I always get so sad to tell people, but, um, but it really does make a difference if you are that one and you cut those things out. And that's why I say some people really do need to avoid red meat. Some people really do need to avoid gluten because each person is so different. The last one is the easiest one. This one is like, um, the thinker. So it's very go with the flow, like loves, like philosophy, having like deep, meaningful talks, like that type of personality. Um, they're very like wise things like that. And that one is super easy body type. The really only things they have to avoid are like barley. So beer, if if they drink alcohol, um, colder food. So their food should always be cooked and warm. Um, and that's really it. And like cucumbers is what they should avoid. It's like the two most (laughs) random things, but they can eat whatever else that they want. That's so cool that it has so much to do with like personality types too. Yeah. And once now that I know so much about it, I feel like when I like talk to people, sometimes I can, I'm the first thing I'm like, oh, what body type are you? Oh, totally. I think I would do that too. I feel like, um, well, after doing my assessment, I was like, this is so interesting that you can connect all the different things from like even just warm foods to hot foods. Cause mm-hmm. I've personally have been somebody that like always, I f- just feel better when I'm re- eating warmer foods. Yeah. Um, it's good for you. For sure. Yeah. It's so crazy. So can we, can we talk about a little bit like my assessment selfishly? (laughs) Um, So you, you did have a lot of checks in the first one. You had a lot of checks in that first one. And what it means is like right now, do you eat a lot of salads and stuff? Yeah. So with this one, because it is a, it is a yin body type. So we're naturally cold. (laughs) We're cold people, so we yeah. need to eat yang foods to balance that out. And um, green leafy vegetables, fish, grapes, those are all – so wine. Those are all really yin things, um, and we need to not have them. Okay. So you can try this week um, just to – the best way to do it is to avoid the foods, and I tell every single one of my clients this, you for four or five days a week if you want – you avoid the foods that are bad for you, then you reintroduce them and see how you feel. And it's so, even me, at first when I when the practitioner told me this, I was like, excuse me, sir, I am in my bachelor's. You're supposed to have this many green leafy vegetables a day. Like you're absolutely wrong. And he was like, try it. If it doesn't work, you never have to come talk to me or see me again. And I was like, okay. And I did it. And every stomach issue I had went away. It was insane. No way. Yeah. Wow. Did you see a lot of different like um like mental clarity and stuff like that? You just I can't even explain it. You feel because your body is working right and you don't have to worry. For me it was stomach pain. Like I couldn't eat, I didn't even want to leave my house because my stomach hurt so bad. 
Mm -hmm. I had gone to every single doctor, did endoscopies, all that kind of stuff. No one figured it out. And then I did this and I felt fine. And I was like, this is, this is life changing. Like you just feel so good that I like, honestly, I go months without being bloated until I eat something that's not good for me. And I can't even believe that I go months without being bloated. Like it's so crazy. I I feel your pain on the stomach issues because I am like, it, it's so wild. Like I, I went through high school and like even elementary school, just thinking like it was normal to have stomach aches after every single meal. Yeah. And it's not till I started taking it kind of more seriously and being like, okay, what if this is like actually leading towards something that's going to harm me Mm -hmm. along, like along down the road. And so taking that food sensitivity test, finding out what my like inflammatory, anti-inflammatory foods are was like so pivotal, but mm-hmm. I feel like taking this and like going the next step is going to be a huge game changer yeah. for me. So I'm yeah. very excited. Um, very yeah. Excited. So the things that you are great for you is like, you can have, if you eat meat and chicken, it's totally great for you. Root vegetables, white rice, not brown rice. Um, it's so funny. Brown rice is one of the biggest things on my food sensitivity test. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I love when those are accurate because sometimes they are a snapshot in time. So you could be eating something that's causing a sensitivity to another food. But if you cut out that other food, then the sensitivity to the other one goes away. So those are great to do like if, if it's possible, like once a year, maybe once every six months type of deal. Hmm. Okay. That's good to know too. So, okay. So flipping it a little bit of a different uh, tangent, I guess mm-hmm. we, I talk. I went a little bit into like how social media, like when we take everything in and just are seeing all these things and like people putting their plates out there and like people saying like, do this, do this. I feel like we're on the same page where that's just not yes. the best thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think like for me personally, I haven't talked about this a whole lot, but as somebody that's like, I've had a crazy amount of body dysmorphia throughout my entire life. Mm -hmm. And like from when I was a kid, I just remember it's funny you think back on it and you're like, damn, that was, that was, that had some (laughs) like trauma around it. But like when I was little, I just remember always being like to my mom, be like, do I look like her? Or like, does my body look like her and stuff like that? But I feel like now it's just so it's interesting. I'm going back and forth here because there's so much self-love and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. wellness is good and just take care of your body and love your body. But I couldn't imagine being younger now and having the same mindset as I did when I was in high school or even elementary school, but also adding in the factor of like everybody's telling you what to do and how to look great and how to feel great. So I would love to chat with you about that yeah. because I like I love your point of view. <laughs> I had to put my coffee down for this get ready. Stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I love what you were saying about like. Well, it, it is so different now. We have like when we were younger. I don't even know. Like I didn't even know what social media was. So it was mm-hmm. a little like we had it, TV, whatever that kind of stuff. Um. But it wasn't as hard as it is right now. And it is so great that now people are like body positivity, super great. At least like that's also in the mix. Um, but something else, I have some different points I want to go over. <laughs> so something that I don't like around the whole body positivity thing is that now it has turned into people feeling ashamed if they do 
want to change something about themselves. And that's never, ever going to go away. I feel like a realistic, it's always good to be realistic and not idealistic. You can't say, yeah, everyone is always, like for the rest of time, everyone's going to love themselves and like, we're never going to want to change anything. That's like saying like, okay, then why are you going to get your hair colored if you if you love how you were. So it's little things like that, that I'm like, okay, let's be a little bit realistic. If someone, ultimately it is your body and you can do whatever it is that you want with it. And you shouldn't let anyone make you feel bad for however you want to look. Um, That's the first thing that I have to say about that. So I even feel like people get like a little bit ashamed now if they say they want to lose weight because it's like, oh, well then you don't love your body. Like you don't love the way that you are, but it's like, okay, this maybe it's because you want to be healthier. It doesn't have to be because you hate your body. It's because maybe you love your body and you want to take care of it. And that's something that you're doing because you want to show your body that you love it. So I think it's really important to also think about the mental aspects that go into it. And if you can switch it from a place of hate to a place of like, I really love my body and everything that it does for me. And that's why I'm doing these things. So that's, that's its own conversation. And that's what I really want people to make sure that they understand if they're if they do want to change anything about themselves. But the fact that everyone also now is out there saying, okay, you either have to be vegan, meat is super bad for you. Like if you eat meat, you're going to get cancer and you're going to die type of thing. And then there's also people saying, oh, well, no, if you're keto, like you're going to be in the best shape of your life and you're going to, and that's why we really, and I hope people are understanding this more and more, but all of us are so different and we have a specific way of eating. And once you figure that out, then you feel so good that no one can even tell you what to do because you know already that this is what makes me feel my best. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love for for inspiration. I love that people go on social media and say like, oh, this is what I ate and like, but it's hard because you have to the audience and each I hope each person listening like does this for themselves is that you have to look at that as only ideas and inspiration. You cannot try and mimic them because they are not you and what they're eating could, like you were saying, have such detrimental effects on your body. Um, And then also, they're just regular people, like, unless they're certified, like, I don't want to like put myself on a pedestal or anything. But even me, I don't ever tell I don't ever post anything and say, like, you guys should eat this for lunch today. Like, it's, it's just for inspiration and ideas and things like that. And if you know someone personally super well, then yeah, sure, give them a recommendation. But if you don't know people, which I don't think these influencers know the 100,000 people that are following them. So you cannot say, yeah, take this and you're going to feel this way. Even when working with brands, that's something super important that I tell every single brand that I work with. I always say I'm not going to go on my page and tell people that everyone should go buy this unless it's something that I actually feel that can benefit everyone. I will, I tell them I'm going to go on there and I'll tell people if you have this, this, and this, this will be good for you. And this is when you should use it, but I'm I'm not going to go on there and say everyone should go buy this. So that's also something that I think hopefully other people start doing too, because some people like, I've seen so many times and just like, they're like, oh yeah, I take this supplement. Like I take this every single morning. It's so amazing. I have no bloat. I have no issues. Like 
like definitely add this to your routine. And I look at it and I'm like, someone's going to take that and they're going to have like the worst acid reflex ever. And it's going to be because of you. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. And I think that I do hope that it is shifting. I feel like it is. And maybe it's just that because the space that we're in is revolved around so like heavily just being like that self-love and that journey to healing and everything. I totally relate with what you said at the beginning there about like having that shame of not wanting to put it out there being like, my goal for this month is like maybe lose two pounds Mm -hmm. (laughs) because one, I know that I'm probably going to feel better because the, maybe the last couple of months I haven't been putting the effort in. And, but it's so interesting because I've totally found myself in that situation where I'm like, do I post myself at the gym? Like, (laughs) I don't know. Like, are are people going to get, it's just a, it's a very tricky space because you get some people that are, I mean, there's a lot of people that get triggered about just about everything, but then there's the other people where they want that inspiration. And I get messages all the time being like, being like when you when you posting when you posting like certain things in the morning it like gives me inspiration yeah. to do it and I'm like that's amazing mm-hmm. but but yeah there's so much there's so much influence it's so crazy how like exactly what you said like I've seen people like skyrocket their affiliate yeah. codes because they just they shout out this thing where it's like I have had zero bloat for the last yeah, month and I'm literally. like that's exactly what they say yeah and. Yeah. I mean, it works. It definitely works. It's a very good marketing trick, but a little dangerous. What would you do? I mean, this is a, a tricky topic because I think it's just so broad, but going back to like the body dysmorphia situation, I don't feel like I ever really talked to anybody or did anything about it until I was like mid 20s and was stuck in a lockdown situation. Yeah. I'm like, I'm stuck with my own thoughts. I literally had a realization one day when we were in like mid pandemic and I had so much time to think so much time to get out and walk. I was like not working a lot. Mm -hmm. And it was like only till that time that I was just like actually stuck with my own thoughts and I was writing and everything. I had this realization that I was like, what have I been doing to my body? And what have I been thinking? And like the mental side of it is so crazy. So like, I personally don't know the route healing that. And I don't know if there is, I mean, this is kind of sad, but I don't know if there's like actually an endpoint for that, but would you like suggest anybody to do anything with that if they're going through that? Yeah, definitely. So body dysmorphia is a little bit different than an eating disorder. So people and you too definitely have to make sure that eating disorder is only how like related to weight and the food that you put in your body body dysmorphia is you fixate it can be any body part you fixate on something and there are studies now it is solely a mental health issue it has nothing to do with your actual like body but it is all mental health so obviously psychologists psychiatrists that is someone that really can help I would say even in this regard, nutritionists can help food-wise, nutritionists, dietitians can help with you telling you like the food, if it it is related to that's and that's where it's kind of tricky is if it's Mm -hmm. related to like weight issues, but it is body dysmorphia, then they can kind of tell you, okay, you should eat 
this, like you should not eat this type of thing, but really, and they've found studies now about body dysmorphia where it is the brains of people that have body dysmorphia look different than people without. So they show them pictures and they, when they look at a picture, like it can be a big picture of something and they don't, they literally don't see the big picture and they focus on the smallest thing on that picture. So they, people with body dysmorphia, like quote unquote, cannot see the big picture. They fixate and focus on things and it has been tied to like obsessive compulsive disorder too a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, and the best ways I'm not a psychologist or psychiatrist, but things that help with that is like, um, I, I want to say it's like response therapy or when you like, when you do the thing, you have to prove to that person that whatever they're thinking is fake pretty much. Mm -hmm. So like you, you do something that they think like, oh my God, I could never do this thing or like something about their body that they think if they do, it's going to be totally worse. And then once you do that and you kind of say, oh, well, like nothing happened. I'm still here. Like I'm still in one piece. Then it kind of, um, it's like exposure therapy is what it's called. Mm. Um, and then obviously it has a lot to do with neurotransmitters. So if your serotonin is off, if your dopamine is off, that kind of stuff, I think that has been shown to kind of affect it too. So a lot of people get put on antidepressants when they have mm -hmm. body dysmorphia. Um, that's one of the treatments for it. But I obviously, it, it is great for a short time to like get yourself out of that mindset. But like with every other disease that's out there, you have to find the root cause. So you have to figure out why you're having like those intrusive thoughts. You have to figure out why you're having those obsessive thoughts. And if you can slowly, not never cold turkey, but if you can slowly do one thing a day that kind of like proves to yourself that that thought is fake, then eventually you can become better. Mm. It's so it is wild how mental it is and like yeah. how how it can kind of take over your entire life. Like I when you said the OCD thing, like I'm going back to a few not a few years back, it's like 5 years ago now, but I was in a space where I was working out every single day and it was 20 minutes of straight sprint intervals and then I would go into another 20 minutes of like incline walking. And then another 20 minutes of like high intensity workout. I was like working out like crazy, but mm -hmm. I was also playing and training for um, beach volleyball. So I was jumping like crazy all yeah. the time, doing like hard workouts on, on the side of these like extra workouts that I would get up at like 6 a.m. for. Mm -hmm. And I ended up like actually hurting myself. Like I have myself like small fractures in my feet. Oh, wow. So it's – it's so wild to me. Like it, it's honestly, I'm surprised that I've gotten to the point where yeah. I'm like, I don't have, I definitely don't have like that OCD mm -hmm. or e that part of it yeah. anymore, but I've kind of like worked my way out of it. But it, it is, it is really crazy now when you think back on it and you're like, that was just my regular everyday life. And it was that pinhole that I was focusing on. And now I'm like, I am not that, e I'm not even that person. It's yeah. like, it's, the the mental change exactly. is just so yeah. wild. So you become and it's it's not all like I think people think like oh if there's mentally something wrong it's my fault but it's the chemicals in our brain have so much effect 
And like side note, that's why the pill makes us different human beings. Like if we're prescribed hormonal birth control for hormone issues and not treating the root cause, which is what has happened to everyone, that can also, and that's everyone our age. So I sometimes wonder, I like want to do a study and I'm like, wait, we're putting these extra hormones into our body. We all have like these weird mental things going on at the same time. Like it just got to be related in some way. But anyways, close that side note. Yeah. Um, the serotonin, like I was saying, serotonin has so much to do with it. And um, we kind of forget sometimes that those little tiny changes can make us literally different people. Like it's not even truly who we are. And then once you snap out of it, you're like, oh my God, like this is the real me. Who even was that person? Like it's like you like black out and then you wake up and you're like, oh my goodness, like yeah. what just happened for the last yeah. like 20 years? Yeah. Like that, when people say like, don't talk to me after until after my coffee, yeah. I'm like that, but with movement. Like I need it first thing in the morning, I need my own space. I need to sweat or I just need to get fresh air or something. Mm-hmm. I am a different person after mm-hmm. that. It's wild. And even with that, see, like that's so amazing. Like when I hear that, that like motivates me so much because I, <laughs> I definitely don't move until way later in the day. But um And then even that, I feel like people look at it and they're like, oh, well, that's like, I don't know, the whole that girl thing too. I don't know if we want to get into that or not. Oh, we could get into that. (laughs) Oh, we could get into it. But um, I don't know. I don't hate it and I don't love it. That's honestly how I feel about it. Because like when you do that and when I see people do that, I'm like, that is so motivating. I love that. I'm going to get up and go work out. But then also on the flip side, it's like, you kind of compare everyone compares themselves so you kind of compare yourself a little bit and it's like "Mm, well like my apartment doesn't look like that or my (laughs) I don't have like what's going on so that kind of stuff is where I'm like okay but it's it's your own responsibility something that I don't like and maybe other people won't like to hear it either is you cannot tell other people what to do you can only like fix how you react and think about the information that you are seeing so yeah Mm -hmm. it's that person's responsibility for what they put out there especially if like they have a large following whatever it is and making sure that like they're being responsible about how they're educating people but Mm -hmm. on the flip side it's each individual's person's responsibility to take that information and like what they do with it is their own responsibility absolutely some people might not want to hear that but that's just i think that's the truth yeah. And it takes a lot of work to get there too. It's it like a lot it, of work. Yeah. And even just like, I'm very cautious with saying I work out five times a week, but I like, if I ever say that I'm saying it with the, with the sense of like, I'm doing this because I am There's nothing so wrong much with happier. That. That's what you're supposed to be doing. Like that's, that's yeah. great. Yeah. Okay. Well, we are almost at the hour mark. I feel like we could okay. talk for hours no, about we this. Are. I didn't even realize that. <laughs> I know that went by super fast, but okay. I also selfishly, re- this is so off topic, oh my God, but yes. I want to talk about your, is it esthetician? Oh my God. Yes. Because I am so intrigued. I recently started following her, but I would love to know like what oh my God, you I'm so happy. do well, with your- Well, she's also my best friend. So that's oh, amazing. My- yeah, exactly. Um, so what, well, what questions do you have? I totally just cut you off. Well, one, what do you do for your skin? Because I, I just would love to know, and I'm in the phase of like kind of transitioning over into like trying to get a little bit more natural, Mm -hmm. but I'm also somebody, 
I love skincare, but I have never done a single thing like facials or anything. I've never done anything for myself. Yeah. And I would love to know what you get done because you go to a professional too. Yes, exactly. So, I mean, it's so nice to have her because anything that goes wrong, I text her and I'm like, please help me. I don't know what to do. Um, So the first thing and what she always tells me is it, it really depends on your skin type so funny everything has to do with your the type of thing that you have but your skin type determines what products and everything are best for you so i'll just talk about myself because that's the only thing i know about but um my skin is like pretty oily it gets really really oily sometimes it like it's either dry or super oily there's like no in between um and what my skin really loves and what is just great for general skin and i think people avoid it because it's acid, but acids are really, really good for your skin. Um, like salicylic glycolic acid, that kind of stuff to clear it. That's what I use is like glycolic acid. My skin loves that. So I, if you want to try that, I, I highly recommend. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, each one of us is different. So it might work for me and not work for you. Um, facial wise, she doesn't do like crazy extractions or anything. She really does like, um, like things that like, I want to say like heal your skin versus like attack it type of thing. Yeah. Um, and now she does like the, she got trained in doing like these like facial, like inside of your mouth massage things. So that's super fun. (laughs) I've been so interested. I watched that on Instagram. Like that's all I watch It's like the, the lymphatic drainage and like all the different muscle points and like even I saw this one person doing something where they were massaging like behind their eyes Mm -hmm. and it's like this point where it just relaxes like your jaw, your like everything like that. It's so cool. That kind of stuff. And I think that's going to really take off this year. Not that I know anything about the skincare space, but (laughs) um, I think it is really going to take off because people and all of that ties back into like acupuncture points and lymphatic drainage and things like that. But like gua sha is like super taking off and I think it will even more because it really does work and like knowing what to do to your face is so important. Um, but obviously too, skincare wise, moisturizer, very, very important. I don't know if you do that, but I do like, so what my thing is, and I don't have that many things is like acid. I use Biologique Recherche and everyone on this earth should get that. That's one thing I would say (laughs) everyone on this earth should go by because it is amazing. I do that like twice a week and then my moisturizer. um, And then like once a week now I've been doing like a crazy like peel thing. It's like really high glycolic acid and I just tried that and it actually was amazing. So I think I'm definitely going to continue that. Okay, cool. Is it like a sheet mask or what is that? No, it's like the it's by the ordinary and it's like a red bottle thing and it looks like you put oh, on your face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've definitely seen that. Yeah, and so I put that just on my like cheek area and I did it for 10 minutes one time and just so I did that last week or a couple of days ago and my all my dead skin peeled off and it was like brand new. It was insane. I need it. Yeah. I need it. Was it. Amazing. I I love testing out those things. I have like yeah, I have like a full cupboard of I, things that I've tested Some people were like, out. oh, it took off the whole layer of my skin. And I was like, oh, well, I think if you do it too many times, definitely. That's why like maybe once a week max. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, good to know. I'm going to get – going to check those out. Okay, good. But to end it off, do you want to tell everybody where to find you, how to work with you or yes, anything like definitely. that? Yes, definitely. So yeah. my Instagram name, I have two. So that my my personal Instagram where I share a lot of stuff is sanam.tahan. 
Um, I also have the Well Society and on that one I do more of like educational things if anyone is interested. But to work with me, I do accept clients. I love working with people. So anyone can go on my website, the Well-Society and book a call. It's The first one is free. So you guys can book a call with me and then we go from there. I have to say your website is just gorgeous too. Really? It's like, I did it's it very, all by myself. So that's really I, nice to hear. <laughs> I love it. It's, it's, it's like very serene and calming. And oh. I have to, I also have to tell you, like I've had a couple clients because I, I design websites too. Um, I've had a couple clients and I always ask them if they have like any inspiration and yours has been on a couple of them. So. No way. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. amazing. When people like that I don't know know me, I'm like, how did I, how do you even like <laughs> go crazy? But that, especially if you're a designer, it makes me really happy that you like mine. So thank you. Yes, I like it. So definitely if you're listening, go check it out. Um, go follow Snam. And yeah, well, thank you so much for doing thank this. This you. was such a, this was so nice. Thank you for having me.